Welcome to the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Sunbury Press publishes print, electronic, and audiobooks under a variety of imprints and categories available worldwide wherever books are sold. And now your host, the founder and CEO of Sunbury Press, Lawrence Knorr. We're at the Christian Baker Farm near historic Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania. My guest today is author Dr. Barry Libin. He's the author of The Red Mutation. The Red Mutation is a geopolitical thriller that discloses the Chinese use of bioterror to achieve world domination. But China has yet to discover the antidote, and Dr. Jeffrey Moss of the NYPD is assigned to finding it and destroying the virus before the enemy holds the world hostage by threatening an epidemic of death. Dr. Libin is a periodontist by training whose medical research deals with the sustained release of drugs to improve patient compliance. Previously, he founded BML Pharmaceuticals, dealing with cancer therapy before its sale. During his free time, he's a playwright, lyricist, composer, and author. His play, The Triangle, tells the story of the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. The Red Mutation is Libin's third novel, the first being the highly praised The Mystery of the Milton Manuscript, followed by the acclaimed The Vatican's Vault. A graduate of the University of Rochester, where he majored in history and biochemistry, Libin studied writing at Hofstra University and the University of Iowa. Dr. Libin, welcome. Thank you. Well, I'm going to actually... Reading that intro, the triangle catches my uh, attention first. The Triangle Shirtwaist Factory was a terrible event in New York history. The the doors being locked, the ladies not being able to get out. Uh, I, tell me about the play. I don't know anything about your play, but how did you treat that in the play? Yeah, it was actually just, it was produced originally uh, at the uh, New York Historical Society. And... Uh, and then uh, it was just produced a few months ago uh, in in Florida, but the you are correct that it was the worst industrial um, event that occurred, uh, and due to the Triangle Fire, uh, which occurred down in in Lower New York City, uh, right now where NYU is, for example, um, they have a uh, a situation where. Um, every year they have a program to try to uh, have people remember what happened there. But because of that fire, more changes have occurred um, in terms of um, in terms of the workers and uh, in terms of the uh, problems that they had. And one of the girls sitting there watching the fire uh, at that time became uh, Francis Perkins became a future under FDR uh, Secretary of uh, of Commerce. Wow. Well, I know a little bit about it because as part of one of our books with Joe Farrell and Joe Farley, we uh, it's called Murders, Massacres, and Mayhem in the Mid-Atlantic. Uh, we covered this and visited the graves and memorials. And they were scattered all over New York. And there were different memorials at different cemeteries and the the stark reality was oh my god a lot of young ladies well, died here <laughs> i mean it wasn't like there's just one mass grave they're, they're all over the place what happened was that the um the plant was about uh, eight stories high and uh i tried to give it a quite a dramatic type of scene so that the uh, viewer can get an understanding of what happened. 
but the a cigarette was thrown into the dry uh, area where all of the shirts were being produced and the cotton and uh, and they couldn't get out because the owners locked the doors during lunch so that they would not carry cotton out with them <laughs> and as a result they had nowhere to go they rushed into the elevator and there were so many people in the elevator and it was so hot that the cables melted and uh, the cables melted and the uh, elevator just dropped to the bottom and all of those people um, died. Wow. But the others couldn't get even get into the elevator and they just held on to each other. These were young women. Uh, many of them helped to be married. They had just come to America to start a new life and they held to each other, opened the windows and jumped down eight floors yeah. to the basement to these pavement and the pavement and it was just marked with blood all over the place it was unbelievable wow wow very dramatic uh, it leaves you speechless to even try to imagine a hell on earth if there could be such a thing yeah yeah it's yeah. sort of uh you know you don't see something quite like that till 9-11 if i if listen indeed that yeah. is absolutely correct 9-11 until 9-11 it was the major industrial um, accident that ever occurred. Wow. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about a couple of the other things, and then we'll get into the the, uh, the new book. But uh, tell us a little bit about the mystery of the Milton manuscript that came out oh, nine years ago now. Um, well, that John Milton was the greatest intellect, certainly of the 17th century in the Western world. And if not, still today. His writings occurred in all different areas. But if you ask what is his greatest achievement, what has he known, what did most of us read in high school, but yeah. these days, let's not even discuss that. As Lewis was written in 1660 to 1670, and he was blind. And it was a very long epic. And, it, and every morning, early in the morning, a person would come in to write down what he said. And he would quote from the Bible or any other book that he had to quickly from his memory. He could not write. He could not read. And uh, what a tribute and what an amazing product he had produced. I don't know, Lawrence, if you... And, and if you had read uh, or were asked to read in school Paradise Lost, but it was really, uh, in, in the old days, everyone was expected to, to read uh, something from Milton. But he wrote books on divorce, which we're now using today in terms of his, his thinking of who is wrong and how do you, how do you satisfy uh, the two parties. Mm -hmm. uh, he wrote on uh, on why um, King Charles the uh, First was hung. The Parliament came to him and said, "You better write up a good reason as to why we just hung the King Charles the First." And he has a the most interesting life, and. Um, uh, and he took great chances 
uh, he as he actually looked like a girl. He cut his hair like a girl. So uh, a lot of questions about him. He was married. He was divorced. Um, he had some children. Um, he was a real, real brilliant individual who knew everything about everything. Hmm. I know we published the Vatican's vault a few years back. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was in- interesting, but that really was the basic story of finding uh, King Solomon's temple, and um, and whereas Milton took me five years to write, yeah, and that's because I had to write, I had to read everything he wrote, and, and sometimes it's impossible to understand what he's writing. Um, his political treatises are, are, are very, very difficult to understand, at least for me. Uh, so uh, after I was able to figure it all out, I was able to put it into a story. The Vatican's Vault is, uh, uh, only took me four years, but I had to really learn everything about, uh, about the, the politics of the Vatican and the politics of, uh, of, of what was going on in the search for King Solomon's uh, treasure, because so many people had tried to find it over the mm-hmm. years, and uh, and it makes for a very exciting uh, uh, escape if done properly. Well, if you could find his treasure, wasn't he the richest man in the world in his day? Uh, yeah, that's what they say. Mm-hmm. Not only the richest, but uh, also uh, a, a a brilliant individual. Wow. We're going to take a break here. I'm talking to Dr. Barry Libin. We'll be right back. Sunbury Press Books is the home of independent authors and thinkers. Radio Free Press is our imprint for politics and social issues. Check out authors such as Pat LaMarche, author of Still Left Out in America, The State of Homelessness in the United States. Wingnuts, a field guide to everyday extremism in America by David Michael Slater. And A Year of Change and Consequences by Mark Single. Find out more by clicking the Books tab at sunburypress.com. I'm back with Dr. Barry Libin, the author of The Red Mutation. And now we're going to talk about The Red Mutation. I think uh, we talked about uh, some of your other literary accomplishments, but uh, this, this latest novel is very contemporary, and it's, very, um, it, it's a, a terrifying thought. But I also... You know, reading the intro about it and thinking about it, did we just see this happen or almost happen? So I'll, I'll let you give us sort of an overview here. Well, I have a uh, uh, a biotech company, uh, which is um, on the campus of Stony Brook University in Long Island. And so I am familiar with uh, what we try to do is make molecules last for a long time. So if you have to take a drug every month or every week, um, we can make it last for two months, six months, or a year, depending on what the client wants. So I'm very familiar, uh, obviously, with the scientific aspects of this. And so uh, of great interest, and if not absolutely prescient, um, 
I began this book in July of 2019. Oh, wow. Now, 2019 was before it. But I had already started to write, and in fact, I had written 200 pages when, when you asked me how far have I gotten. I went back to look again to see. Um, I saw that uh, I was writing about a mutation that was bioengineered at the Wuhan Institute in China. Hmm. This is six months before we ever heard of COVID. Right. With that background, in January, it happened. What was fiction on my part was no longer fiction. It was now fact. And I didn't know what to do, so I simply put the book away and, and did not return to it. And about two years later, you and I had spoken you asked me about the book and I said I am I don't even remember what I did with the book so I went back looked on my computer found that I had written 200 pages but by then COVID was like the influence of flu mm-hmm. it wasn't it no longer had the concerns that people had or the bad thoughts that they had when you read about COVID and when you read about a virulent virus and so uh I rewrote the book, uh, feeling that that the reader uh, would feel more comfortable with it. And indeed, it was exactly, as I said, a Chinese general who also um, was a, a very a smart individual. He's, he was a physician also. And he went ahead and found this very virulent virus in his lab. And he told the Chinese chairman, I did not use his name in the beginning, I did. My wife said, you better not say a word, otherwise they'll come and they'll get us in our house. (laughs) So we uh, went ahead and um, wrote the entire story as it appears now and the Chinese general, the problem was he had the virulent virus but he couldn't counteract it he had no treatment for it but it became at least to the Chinese Communist Party leadership the perfect the perfect drug or the perfect gun, if you would say, that would kill anything um, clean, neat, with one nanoparticle. Mm. The problem is he couldn't control it. And so he began, after trying and trying and trying and have all of his labs working on this, um, and finally the, the communist leader said, if you can't give this to us immediately, we are going to be, we can't use this. And it's going to be a terrible shame on you. And so the general 
saw that there was one individual working in New York who at a meeting had shown that he had progressed quite a bit in finding the answer to preventing the virus from uh, being so strong and able to kill it. And so when the government learned about this, because the chairman came to New York, came to Washington, D.C., and drugged certain people, and they died. And finally, the government got, got involved here in the United States, and they turned to the person who really is the leader in all of my books, um, a physician who retired uh, from being a cardiothoracic surgeon, and he works for the New York City Medical Examiner's Office. And he is the uh, person who appears in Milton Manuscript, Vatican's Vault, and here again. And his job now is to find who that individual researcher is because he now disappeared. Because he must find the answer to this virus before the Chinese do. Otherwise, they indeed will hold the world hostage. And that's basically it. It's a wild ride. It's a, a lot of interesting kinds of material, as, as most of my books are. Um, and uh, it um, is exciting, and it is deadly if the results are not what we hope will be. Yeah. Well... We now live in an age where we're worried about bioterrorism and artificial intelligence and who knows what else is going to come along. But uh, we seem to be getting uh, maybe beyond the what our immune system and what our basic day-to-day -day average human being can, can deal with on their own. Um, you know, these, these stories are mind-boggling, terrifying, and uh, unfortunately very plausible. So uh, we want to ask what happens with, with Jeffrey Moss and whether he finds the antidote or uh, is able to to stop uh, this from happening. But I, I guess the, the question to you is, could this happen? How, Knowing what you know, how far along do you think we are with uh, experimenting with very deadly uh, – Pathogens. Winston Churchill said in 1943 that right now laboratories are working full-time and trying to produce a germ at that time, a germ that can destroy the earth. So very much so. One of the people that, um, that we, uh, 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 we asked him to read the book, uh, Claude Berube, I think you know yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Um, who is the uh, executive director, actually, until the end of this month, of the U.S. Naval Academy Museum, and a professor um, at the Naval Academy, uh, and written books also. Um, uh, he said, Barry Libin's The Red Mutation is a tour de force that reflects the new geopolitical reality that China will assert its role in the world by any means necessary. So there's there's the answer. Wow, that is 
a huge concern, and I know that Claude, uh, Dr. Claude, has uh, he's described the situation with our Navy as like the Spanish Navy in 1898, and uh, I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> we we better find a way to uh, get ahead of this. Or, I, I just don't know how. But on that note, we do have to take another break. I'm talking to Dr. Barry Libin, the author of The Red Mutation. We'll be right back. Sunbury Press Books is the home of independent and diverse authors. Check out the agency books imprint for detective stories, tales of law enforcement, espionage, terrorism, spy thrillers, and more. Among the works available, KGB Banker by William Burton McCormick, The Apologist, a Luke Lundy novel by A.A. Weiss, and Douglas Brody's Sand or a Once Upon a Time in the Jazz Age. Find these and other fascinating books at sunburypress.com. I'm back with Dr. Barry Libin, the author of The Red Mutation. We've been talking about some very scary things here. Um, turning this back to COVID-19 and what, what we witnessed in reality, it and I, I personally experienced uh, a pretty severe case and ended up in the hospital. Fortunately, most people didn't, but... Uh, is there is, are there always humans on the planet who uh, have some natural immunity to just about anything you throw out there, or could there really be something that is just totally devastating? Yes, certainly we all have various amounts of immunity, but um, the fact is that this is a war. It's a war between what we can see and what we can't see. And the fact is that they will always come in with with a virulent strain that has gotten past our defense system. When, when the English and the other European nations came to South America for exploration, they brought with them Germs that had never been seen before in South America. There was no resistance. There was no immune system. There's no, there was no such thing as you having encountered as you would with a vaccine, something that has been uh, mollified so that it's weak enough to not cause you a problem, but strong enough to react to your immune system. And so it will be here too. Someone will, and now that we can make, now that we can make our own viruses and know exactly and see them through electron microscopes and see exactly what is present in this one and what little possibility is missing in this next one that makes it so, so powerful. And now you're reading this morning's paper how we have been able to gene edit. Uh, and the FDA just passed uh, two drugs. Um, one, a sickle cell anemia, which has always been an impossible problem to deal with. But here we now, <laughs> amazingly, inject uh, a gene. We inject a gene into a, an individual who has the disease, 
And what is the disease? It has either a gene for sickle cell anemia that has been broken or is in some way not strong enough to resist anything. And we can now replace it with the new healthy gene. That's what we are talking about. And the first meeting that I went to where I heard about this must have been about 12 years ago. And that's how long it has taken for that company uh, and a lot of money to be able to go ahead and find the results that you read in today's paper. Yeah. That is amazing. You know, it, it almost seems like probably when we figure out mortality or the cure for cancer, that's when we'll have the killer pathogen too. <laughs> and it's like everybody can be immortal now. Oh, but nobody is because we're at war and we just wiped everybody out. Uh, you know, the good and bad <laughs> of technology. <laughs> What uh, a pleasant thought. Yeah. Happens. Sounds like another Pleasant's novel. <laughs> Instead of the red mutation, the, the red longevity or the, uh, I don't know, who knows. Right. Maybe, maybe it's a plot of the uh, English King Charlie to stay alive forever and there never give go. up his reign to his son, William. <laughs> maybe sounds I, like a movie. Sounds yeah, like a movie. It does. It does. But uh, these are very serious subjects, and I probably shouldn't be making light of them. But I, I have to ask you, uh, knowing what you know about, biotechnology and and your story here about the red mutation COVID-19 your opinion engineered or natural yeah um, I mean I came up with the idea so it's not beyond (laughs) it's not beyond the realm of uh, of possibility that a normal individual can come up with an imaginative mind of doing this. And those who have the money and the laboratories and the, and the, and the help to be able to do this in the lab, yes, it can be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we see how vulnerable we are as soon as COVID came out. Um, and we didn't know how to deal with it. Uh, I just had a friend of mine who went to a uh, an oral surgeon's office because he was having a he thought he was going to have a toothache over Labor Day weekend. You don't want to have a toothache over Labor Day weekend because there's no dentist available. Right. So he went in, and the guy and the the surgeon said, "Okay, come in seven o'clock in the morning." So he went in at seven o'clock in the morning. And they said, in a normal singing way of voice, and you don't have COVID. Well, the fellow had sent in his history the night before, and he said, yes, I have COVID. And they said, you have COVID? We have absolutely no idea how to deal with this. We haven't seen a COVID case in two years. And the oral surgeon said, I can't treat you. Wow. So, so... Yeah, these things are happening all the time. And so the answer to your question is, I believe that indeed can, can happen. And, and believe me, the, the book does bring in current events, current politics. It begins in 2021, and it ends in 2034. Okay. But it discusses how the administration handles it, how the FDA is handling it, 
how home security is handling it. So, um, so it does get involved with a number of different areas uh, as to what could happen or will happen uh, if we don't start to realize the potential problems that could occur. And every one of the reviewers who read that all said the same thing. Uh, here, here, uh, there's a fellow named um, uh, Steve Piscula, who who was a very good writer, and he just wrote the book The First Harm, which won the Best Medical Thriller Award. Mm-hmm. He said, Barry Libin's newest novel delves deep into the treacherous landscape of old-school international politics and advanced bioterrorism to deliver a frightening vision of what was and what could be. This fast-paced thriller takes the reader on an action-filled adventure that crisscrosses the globe, exposes the dark balance between salvation and catastrophe. It's an unpredictable journey where plot twists keep you guessing until the very end. Yeah. Well, Dr. Libin, we know uh, this is going to be out shortly. By the time the podcast is uh, being listened to, I'm sure people will be able to get it. Um, any events, any anything you have planned in the near future uh, regarding the book, promoting the book? Well, certainly we want to uh, let as many people know about it. Um, I, uh, I'm always available if uh, local in New York or Florida uh, to uh, speak to uh, groups or in between. But um, uh, I think that... Uh, uh, I think that um, people are going to enjoy it. And the best way, in my opinion, is word of mouth. If people like it, they will tell their friends. And I think uh, that is what's going to determine, I suppose, what success means these days. Yeah. We've been talking to Dr. Barry Levin. Barry, it's been great having you. This has been the Sunbury Press Book Show. Thank you for listening to the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Check out our website at www.sunburypress.com for our latest releases. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to receive special offers and discounts.